This is the time. This is the place. And this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And since anything can be geeky, if you love it enough, you never know what you're going to get. This is your host, IMC. This week, we will be discussing five geeky debates that had to be settled by federal courts. And that, stick around uh, for our upcoming events and our question of the week. That sounds like it'll be a fun topic. Yes. Actually, there's like 10 geeky debates, but we've narrowed it down to five because we need... We have time limits. Yes, we do have time limits. Is one of them how a cartoon character wound up being president in the United States? Uh, That's not a geeky debate. That's not a geeky debate. That's more of a... um, Truth? Of, of, yeah, the truth. <laughs> I think at this point, I don't think that's a debate. That this, actually, this happened. is a Comic Con podcast, I, I, not a not a not actual a political. political science. I was just talking to Susan yesterday about this and mentioned how in in one uh, uh, storyline, Lex Luthor is the president of the United States, and personally, oh, right, right, right. In I think I yeah. pr- I think I'd prefer Mr. Luthor at the moment because at least he pretends to uh, uh, he gets along with other world leaders and things and. Well, the thing is, is that Luther has a brain in his head, yeah. and and he acknowledges the fact that if you catch him in a lie, he's like, yeah, so what, you know, <laughs> you know, he, he's he's not like what we've got going on right now, where yeah. it's like, I'm going to lie, I'm going to lie again, I'm going to lie in video, and then say I didn't do it. But anyway, and now that I made Just fifty like percent kids. of the audience turn us <laughs> off, yeah, I know, seriously. <laughs> no, we're going back to uh, honestly, geeky debates that had to be settled. I by don't, pro- I don't honestly think that a lot of our listeners are going to care much about our opinion because they most of them agree with us i believe anyway they still come back for more they still come back to see what kind of stupidity we come up with next week um so as you can tell billy and tanya are here hi billy hi chris how are you hi, i tanya. almost said hi, hi. billy hi billy hi, hi billy <laughs> <laughs> today the entire panel is billy hi billy how you doing billy I'm, I'm fine billy this is my ventriloquist dummy billy. <laughs> and this is my ventriloquist well he's already like thrown down the gauntlet today uh-huh. on his uh, morning show that oh did he Yes, that if anyone wanted to come in and challenge them about uh, banning things to oh. to do a um, news article on him, he is here all day. Nice. Well, baby, it's cold outside. Oh, that Reason, thing. And it's ridiculous, to be honest with you. And I'm progressive and liberal, but uh-huh. one station said they're not going to play it, and it became a news story because that one station... Uh-huh. Put it out. They could have just not played it. No one would have noticed in between. Seriously, playings of Jingle Bell Rock. All I want for Christmas is you and Little uh-huh. Saint Nick. And little Saint Nick. It, it, the overplayed hits noticed. of the '90s. Hits Mariah Carey 24/7. Mm. Oh, so great. he's banning Justin Bieber. I'm good with that. Bieber, Kanye West, Broccoli, the movie Flatliners, and Two and a Half Men. I'm yes. banning. Yes. Nice. If anyone wants to, I agree. Me, no, I agree with that entire list. <laughs> If anyone wanted to challenge him and I, make a news story, he was here to it, come up. It does I, touch on an interesting debate. I mean, have we, and I've said this on several occasions, I think the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction. But it's not really been banned. No other, a couple other stations There's explored an it. Mm-hmm. They, they took a, a poll of listeners who said, no, don't ban it. Okay, we won't ban it. Uh-huh. And it's still a beloved Christmas song. It is. And the song isn't really about date rape. Well, I've joked for years that, like facetiously, I call it the date rape song. Right. But it's about flirtation. It and is. And in the 40s, that's what it was. It was flirtation. It's all it was. you got to put it in the context it was meant for. Exactly. Right. You know, like the, like the, like the uproar um, about uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, for God's sake, and how everybody's like suddenly thinking it's racist because of where they put Franklin at the table. And, Frank, and then Franklin all, had the lounge chair. He, had he was the, the comfiest guy. Every, every, he had view of everybody mm-hmm. at the table. They all wanted mm-hmm. to see Franklin because they all wanted to talk to Franklin. 
You know, come on. Personally, think, I, I do you think, think he, Charles Schultz would be rolling over in his grave right now if, he, I, if somebody accused of, of Peanuts property of being racist? I think the articles only referred to Franklin as the black kid and not referred to him by Franklin. Yeah, seriously. It is uh, racist. In in the whole ahead. thing, like I think after so many years, people's skin has gotten so thin. It's terrible. That, it is terrible. That, that, I mean, there's outcry and outrageousness over Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I saw that, and that blew my mind. But now, a lot of that is jokes. No, like, no. But a lot of it isn't, jokes. though. Well, but that's the point. The point was about bullying. Bullying. Yeah. And, and overcoming people bullying. learning. Yeah. From and, and being able to accept people yes. for being different, even, you know, and finding the, the strength in that difference and getting past the bullying. You know, I, I don't want to take away, because... Because there there are things out there that are wrong. Right. There is racism. There mm-hmm. is bullying, and these things are horrible. There is a, a culture uh, that 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 almost justifies rape to a particular degree. There is a lot of it out there still, and it's horrible. It needs to be fixed. But come on, let's don't swing the pendulum all the way to the other way, so that our skin is so damn thin that See, you I, can't say a thing. I think some of the thin-skinned stuff that's being accused of. I uh-huh. mean, we're progressive here on this, like you, me, Tanya, yeah. on the progressive side, sort of. Yeah. And this is the type of stuff that, oh, those liberals don't want tr- the root off the red. No, we're being accused of not wanting it by people uh-huh. who just are looking to cause trouble. Yes. we As far as I know, most people who think like we do don't dislike Baby It's Cold Outside or Rudolph or Franklin or mm-hmm. any of the things we've mentioned. No. I'm actually on the other side of the pendulum. I'm not one of the oh, really? liberals. No, I'm oh. not the well, progressive. The, the seem, we so, agree so, then. So I'm like, I'm actually on yeah. the opposite yeah. political side of the spectrum as... But you're more the, of a moderate Republican. Right, you're not really right. one of those diehard, you know... No, I'm not one of those far right guys. Far, far right. Yeah. I, I'm definitely more um, centrist in regards to my viewpoint and... Way back in the 1980s, your your view of Republican or Democrat or conservative or liberal that was different than what it is today. It everyone, really is. Everyone has some Republican tendencies, some conservative tendencies, yes. some liberal tendencies, depending on what the the political um, soapbox is in regards to your opinion on certain things. Nowadays, there's people on the far reaches of both sides that uh-huh. are making both sides look. Bad. Insane. Yeah, because it, here's the thing: the most vocal, the the most vocal ends of the spectrum, uh, or the most are vocal nuts. people are the are the ends of the spectrum. <laughs> mm-hmm. The people in the middle have been kind of like going, "Would you just come on? Can we just go about our business?" You're making the rest of us look bad. Yeah, seriously. Type thing. And- seriously. Yeah. And then I think this is this is I think this is the most heavily political we've ever gotten on mm-hmm. monkey business. But I, you know, I think the point still stands. I mean, the point is meaningful to the point where it's like we 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 want to. We have our opinions. We want to be heard. We want to say these things. We want to be part of the conversation. But I think it's to help kind of level it and cool it down and, and make it more constructive. And and Tanya and I, we, we talk about everything. And she, and I did know that she is on the other. She's yeah. a Republican. Mm-hmm. You know, I did okay. know that. I, but, I didn't. And, and then, see, but the, yeah. that's the thing is that, you and know, we're cool. able to have these. Yeah. We're able to have these discussions and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your label is in terms of political party. What matters is that you're willing to have that talk and be thoughtful and listen to the other person and say, you know what, I don't quite agree with that. But hey, you know what, I get that. Thanks for sharing that with me. Over the past week, the funeral of uh, George H.W. Bush. Yes. yes. That was sort a of made, wonderful ceremony, by oh the my way. God. It really was. And it, it, it's also made me think, you know what? I really like him as president again right now. Yeah, yeah his no son. kidding. And I didn't necessarily like his son. Or no, even, no. 
They, I like some stuff. I didn't like some stuff. Yeah. I might, well, blah, blah, blah. But we had well a, with W, but, the, 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 the cringeworthy stuff came from Cheney. It yeah. wasn't W himself. No, and W had some uh, faux pas speaking that were fun. They were, they were yeah. cute almost. The so- there's this whole clip, and you can find it on yeah. YouTube, about him talking about the sovereignty of Native, Native American nations mm-hmm. and the sovereigntyness and the, you know, the, and the way he stumbled through and used this word sovereignty over and over again in different formats. But it I really just, makes you have you, to it, laugh. It makes you long for those guys as president. Oh my God, yeah, or Clinton, or, or, or at Reagan. least yeah. or Reagan, yeah. or well, <laughs> and, and I mean, Clinton was closer to a Republican right now than right than mm-hmm. you no know, Trump sort of. I know. Way, well, Trump least. wasn't a Republican. No, he wasn't. He went Republican he because went Republican for because he didn't get the Democratic nomination. Yeah. And I, I will stand by my theory to the end of time that he didn't want to be president. I, I agree with you. He kept trying to lose. He'd say more and more outrageous things. Oh, please don't let me win. Please don't let me win. And somehow he kept winning. Yeah, that's the thing that blows my mind. It that really there, does. There's people out there that mm. are um, not necessarily 100% educated on mm. what people's um, issues are, where they stand. They're playing. And, they're, a, lot of, a lot of Americans right now are playing from the gut. Yeah. They're not playing from the head. They're playing from the gut. But really, right now, and I there's a lot of anger and there's yeah. a lot of frustration. Mm-hmm. And he plays and into that, and he's he's giving it a spotlight. I, I would have taken any of the 14 other Republicans that ran against him right now, if not because I believe what they say or I like some of it or don't like any of, mm-hmm. but because Trump at times makes us look silly on the world stage. He does. He's killing us on the world stage. He's kind of he, killing he, us. He, you know, he, and I think it's maybe just lack of training in that type of thing like where he recently walked across the stage like he was graduating shook another world leader's hand and, and was like leaving the stage when he was supposed to stop, stop. yeah and you know it, yeah or where he like sort of shuns angela well, merkel or you know well, stuff I like that i think it's challenging for him because he wasn't brought up in a political exactly. spotlight background he was mm-hmm. he was a businessman and they have a different mindset There's a different so therefore he was not cultivated and groomed in order to become that politician and he mm. wasn't around it all the time yeah. and people so, love him for that there well, are, there's but, a large swath of people that love him for that yeah, and think that's he, great and can excuse him for so much because of that but i don't I, but but it but it looks bad for our country when you don't have that knowledge and that training yes. and and that not necessarily education but just some background common sense and for God's sake, stay off Twitter once in a while. It would, it would <laughs> I don't even have a Twitter account. I think somewhere I do have a Twitter account, but I don't know where it is. I don't it know would, the password. I just wonder if it would kill him to shut the hell up once in a while. His tweets would be hilarious if he wasn't president. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and everything's under a microscope, just like the geeky court cases that we're going to look at today. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it's a segue so bringing it back in. So, and, and See, here's I, the thing. I'm sorry. I threw it off the rails. No, no, no that's 14 okay. seconds into the podcast. <laughs> um, I think this is the ultimate embodiment of our tagline of you never know what you're going to get. And it was really. geeky enough. Oh, we are definitely nerding out right now on politics. That's a thing. But, you know, here's here's the thing is it even started with baby. It's cold outside. But and even us nerds. Well, way. us nerds can be passionate. That's the thing is we have a voice. And that's what a lot of nerds don't realize. And a lot of nerds and the geeks out there are like, oh, we're just going to go ahead. We're going to play our games. We're going to do our cosplay. We're going to watch our movies. And we're going to stay the hell out of it. But you don't understand. Like, my daughter is 17 now. <laughs> in a year, she's going to be voting age. And she's expressed on several occasions. She, she has, could vote in the next She has no interest. 
She has no interest whatsoever. She wants to stay away from it as far as possible. And I said, well, why? And we'll have talks about it. I'm like, honey, but you don't understand. It's your voice that's going to count in terms of how things go. And, well, I don't like the way it is right now. I said, but you have, you the, have the ability ch- to change, change it. it. You have the ability to get involved. My son has, has shown interest. I mean, he's 15 at the moment, but a couple of years ago, uh, well, many years ago, when uh, Mitt Romney was running against President Obama for re- when President Obama was running for re-election, he's like, I like Mr. Romney better. And I'm, I challenged him on it. He goes, well, I'm sorry. He goes, it's just the way I think. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not going to try and make you change your mind. What I want you to do is explain to me why. And and then you just go and do what you think is right. You know, so it's on me. I have a way of looking at the world, but it's on me to to say, you should have an opinion. You should go forth and participate. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Find your own voice. And and nerds out there and geeks out there, you guys got to do the same. I mean, you guys are great at, at saying, okay, well, that movie sucked or that cosplay wasn't good or I didn't like this anime. You got to transfer that forward. You got to pay that forward and bring it to what's going on around you as well because all y'all out there are powerful. All y'all out there are, you You are loud when you want to be and and you have a way to help us with this and you don't have to agree with me. I'll say that right now. This is not one of those liberal political podcasts where I'm like, you have to, you have to think my way. You have to be my way. You have to understand my, no, you can engage me. You can disagree with me. You can debate me, but I want you to disagree with me. I want you to argue with me. I want you to debate me. And then I want you to get out involved and vote too. I want you to listen and I want you out there and I want you participating. And so, wow. Yeah. We went off the rails again, didn't we? Um, (laughs) No broccoli there, ever. No, there, I kind of like broccoli. I like broccoli too, <laughs> especially with cheese sauce. I've got a I've got a very R rated story about a broccoli no. conversation. I'm not going to share it today. Off air. Off, off the air. air. I'm going to share it off the air. So but, I think we're all doing pretty good this morning. Oh my god! Yeah, I guess I needed a rant. I needed I, to get and in you there know, and do that. You were kind of agitated when you walked in. I almost was going to take the intro uh-huh. for you. No, but I, you you got. It. I'm going to yeah. do the next intro. You're going to do the next intro. Yes. Well, what next intro are you talking about for, for next for week's th- podcast? Yes. Okay. I'm going to do the next one. You do that. I am. But for now, we're oh. going to take a break. We are. Okay. And we're going to regroup. And when we come <laughs> back, we're going to be talking about five individual cases where something geeky had to be settled in federal court. That's just ridiculous. I love it, though. This is going to be some fun. I think we're going to have some fun here today. We've already started arguing <laughs> about politics. This is just going to be an offshoot of well, that. I mean, that's it definitely is. It's yeah. one of the branches of government. This federal, is it. The federal courts. This is going to be fun. So hang on, and we'll be right back. They didn't realize that they're going to get a government lesson today, did they? (laughs) Go home. (laughs) This is what we planned when you were not here. That's awesome. Meet the real Justice League, the federal courts that over the past several decades have issued rulings that decided the fates of superheroes, robots, zombies, mutants, and entire galaxies. Here are a couple of court rulings that meted out justice in the world of nerdery. Love it. I'm, you know what? I'm actually love going to love this one. I'm thanking Sherry for doing all the Absolutely. research Absolutely. Great us. job on that one, Sherry. But, um, I she know, can't be with us on the phone today or in studio, but she, but we're still thinking of her. But you did, was, when we were talking earlier this week, you mm-hmm. were saying that geeky court cases or whatever, mm-hmm. and you mentioned the fact that I started my college career pre-law. Yeah, you were pre-law. I w- I and was, then you wound up being a math teacher with an English degree. Yes. Well, I have nothing to know, say about that. There was too many history classes. And so History is awesome. Awesome. I don't like history. History is awesome. It is, but it's just... Those who ignore history are I, doomed to repeat it. I'm not necessarily ig- 
ignoring history. It's just that when I was in high school, my U.S. history teacher, God rest his soul, uh-huh. made us. It was an AP class. Uh-huh. God definitely rest his soul. They had to. We had to memorize dates from each presidential term. And regards to a quiz every week, and we didn't know if he was going to give us the the, the situation uh-huh. or the year, but we had to know. And there was like twenty plus dates that were important, so it just wasn't something that was enjoyable, and it kind of pulled me down off of that thing. I'm like, I like global studies, I like geography, I like all that stuff. I could talk about World War II with my kids because they'd love it and they liked it, whatever. But just in general, no. In, in the Harry Potter universe, they don't touch on this in the movies, and I wish they had, but in the Harry Potter universe, there was a history professor at Hogwarts. And they talk about the fact that he was so very old and the, cl- the class was so very dull and boring that at one point, the professor died during class. And then his ghost got up and kept teaching and has mm. been there ever since. The ghost teaches the history classes. <laughs> That's great. Oh, wow. <laughs> I remember getting the biggest laugh out of that in the books. <laughs> I might have misquoted that a little bit, but basically that is essentially the, the, general the, the premise, the general gist of it. So what's our first court our case? Our first court case comes from the Toy Biz Incorporated versus the United States U.S. Court of International Trade in 2003. Mutants are not legally human beings. This has actually happened in real life. Mutants are not legally when human I, beings. When I saw that... First headline, no, I, I was looking at the uh, topics and mm-hmm. saw, oh, we're talking about fake ones and we're going to the Marvel continent. Right. But no, this was a this real, is real This is a real thing. These are all I thought we were real, this is all real cases. cases. Yes. When I saw that first one, I thought we were going fictional. Nope. And, nope. Oh, no. This, everything, this, this is, is real. Everything that has happened. Now, keep in mind, if we're going to be in the fictional universe and we need a lawyer, then I want Matt Murdock and Jennifer Waters. Yes. Oh, yeah. She-Hulk and Daredevil are both lawyers. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would love to have them on my team. But anyway. Absolutely. All right. So here's the write-up. In 1996, Toy Biz, a Marvel Enterprises subsidiary, sued the U.S. Customs Service and urged a federal court to declare that its X-Men action figures imported from China were not, quote-unquote, human. At the time, tariffs placed higher duties on dolls than other toys. According to the U.S. Tariff Code, dolls are defined as representation of human beings while figures representing animals or quote-unquote creatures such as monsters and robots were deemed toys. By legally stripping the X-Men of their humanity, Toy Biz would pay, pay significantly lower taxes. So it's all money. It was all about money. Of course, most of these cases are probably <laughs> all, all about, about money. money. <laughs> the case dragged on for several years in the U.S. Court of International Trade as Judge Judith, Judith Barzillay uh, scrutinized more than 60 X-Men action figures and considered the opposing arguments. Toy Biz declared that the action figures stand as potent witnesses for their status as non-human creatures, noting that they possessed tentacles, claws, wings, or robotic limbs. The U.S. Customs Service, however, argued that each action figure was a human being who enha- whose enhanced abilities reflected a distinct individual personality. Wolverine, the federal legal team said, was simply a man with prosthetic hands. Ultimately, Judge Barzillay sided with Toy Biz, noting in her 2003 decision, and this made me laugh my ass off, I will tell you. First, this was what she wrote. First, most of the figures at issue issue exhibit at least one non-human characteristic. The court does not agree with customs that the few non-human characteristics the the figures possess, such as claws or robotic eyes, quote-unquote, falls far short of transforming these figures into something other than human beings which they represent. Second, These Marvel characters are known in popular culture as, quote-unquote, mutants. Uh 
They are more than or different than humans. These fabulous characters use their extraordinary and unreal physical and psychic powers on the side of either good or evil. The figures' shapes and features, as well as their costumes and accessories, are designed to communicate such powers. Third, the X-Men figures are marketed and packaged as mutants or people born with extra power. Extra spelled X hyphen TRA because, you know, hey, Ebonics worked for me. Uh, That they are denoted as such by manufacturers or the importer lends further credence to the assertion or the assertion that represent characters other than or more than human beings. Clearly, this was a huge setback for mutant rights. (laughs) Marvel went so far as to issue a statement. Don't fret, Marvel fans. Our heroes are living, breathing human beings, but humans who have extraordinary abilities. A decision that the X-Men figures indeed do have non-human characteristics further proves our characters are special, out-of-this-world powers. Uh, but fans were not mollified, including Chuck Austin, who one year earlier had become the writer of the Uncanny X-Men comics. He had worked hard, he said, to emphasize the X-Men's humanity to show that they're just another strand on the evolutionary chain. That's the write-up. Wow, is all I got to say. It's just wow. So now do we debate whether the X-Men are humans? or <laughs> I, I just, what did, now here's the thing. What this is was that in 1996, mean? though. So now we're in the year 2018. Yeah, where where the 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 mutants are now are called Inhumans. Uh huh. So they're now not necessarily mutants anymore. It's the inhuman, the whole Inhumans thing mm-hmm. line, whatever. But I'm like, okay, so if you say that I, jumping and playing devil's advocate, so. Someone that has a prosthetic leg, so they're not human anymore. They're considered Are they a, a mutant? mutant. And that's what I, I, and that's what I'm beginning to wonder: is how far-reaching did this decision go? Where where did it land? Is it just about <laughs> these toys, or is that something that some very clever ambulance-chasing kind of lawyer can turn around and say, "Well, look at this. Here's my client exhibiting the same qualities as these these plastic figures. And does this extend to the Star Trek universe? Is Data a human? Not anymore. Would a Data figure be a human? What about Mr. Spock? Would you only have to pay half for him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. Well, and, I, and that, that's that's the thing is they're not human. They're aliens. Spock was half is half human, half half true. alien, yeah. half alien, half Falcon. Yeah. So. And we know how we treat aliens in this country these days. No yeah. kidding. You know. So, I mean, does this necessarily set the precedent for other court cases? And and here we are, because the three of us run under the auspices of, of, of a fairly substantial level of common sense, even though our discussion sometimes don't warrant, does not warrant that, <laughs> that assertion. But here's the thing is we look at the world fairly regularly, fairly low key, fairly like, you know, try to be blue collar, non confrontational yeah. about it. You know, but there are people out there who find the loopholes and just yeah. screw with things. And use them to their advantage. And use them to their advantage. This was all about money. This was all about saving a couple of bucks on import taxes. I get that. But the, like I said earlier, there's going to be somebody out there who's going to find a way to use this real court case, court case and hold it against somebody and make somebody's life more interesting because of it. And And... It, so was it really necessary to have this conversation in a court? It it just seems like a big waste of money. The money they were spending to fight over this, seven years. 
it was going to be probably more than what the tariffs cost them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, truly, if they won the court case, now does the U.S. Customs have to pay all their court fees? Because it's usually the defendant has to pay the um, legal fees if you're being sued. Yeah. Type I, I, thing. Th- this whole thing is... In, in, I, I'm just trying to, to figure. You mentioned the Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lockjaw looks like a dog. Yeah. So his pays less taxes or tariffs than Black Bolt. Right. Because Black like Bolt a is a normal human, who's yeah. just in a fancy costume. Mm-hmm. You know. So the fact, I you know, the fact that there's differences in that, it's like that. Wait, wait. There's a whole inequality debate there. What if you're a shapeshifter? Ooh, that's right. So Mystique, Mystique. Mm-hmm. But here's Mystique sticks. She's basically a, a, a thousand faces. She transforms into um, other people. Right. Whereas Morph can transform into anything, like other people or or objects or animals. So could I send out a? Oh, this is a Morph in a dog outfit. You know, and it's, is that cheaper than Morph in is a regular Morph character and? How about someone can make themselves invisible? Oh, boy. Now It's just air. It's just an empty pack. It's an empty package. Now, I wonder if the U.S. Customs since then has changed their um, tariff codes. Well, that's going to take a little research. To, to see if um, they just the tariffs in, importing any toy. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's a doll or whatever. If it can be considered, mm-hmm. construed as a toy and a definition of a toy. Mm-hmm. Then what is that? Is that what has come out from it? Because being a part of the U.S. Customs, we'd say, okay, lesson learned, <laughs> type yeah. thing. Let's go back and revamp our right our code. And now, granted, this is 1996. This was what 22 years ago. Yeah, but the case was resolved in 2003, so, so 15 years ago for the actual resolution of it. So it took seven years for right. So yeah, I would. I I would challenge our listeners to go out and find the U.S. Customs uh, code for tariff code yeah. since then and let and us see know what's happened. See if it's changed at all. I think if the X-Men are given human rights, then they should pay human <laughs> tariffs. There you go. <laughs> or at least the company that has done it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, I'm... Yeah, so we're going to mull that one over for a little bit. Maybe I wanna, when I have a break, I'll... Uh, I want to hop into the second one. I, wa- I want to read the second I, I want You want to read the second I want, one? I, the Dungeons & Dragons is a security risk. Oh, you get to that. You Yeah, you have that one. I have I want, that one. Oh, oh, that's right. I'm looking at number three. Oh, okay. you want the zombies one? Yeah, I'm going to do the okay, zombies one. Got, so you do the, okay, got, you do D&D. Okay, our second uh, geeky court case is Dungeons & Dragons is a, is a security risk. Singer versus... <laughs> I can't even imagine Ramish, this one. I am sorry if Ramish. I... Ramish. U.S. Court of Appeals, Second, Seventh Circuit, 2010. 2010. Yes. In 2010. So this, is, this is a good... Only eight years ago. However, yeah. in 2004, an official at Wisconsin's Wampum Correctional Institution received an anonymous letter from an inmate. The letter expressed concern that a small group of prisoners were forming a D&D gang and were trying to recruit others to join by passing around their D&D publications and touting the rush they got from playing the game. I'm joining. Sorry. <laughs> Being a, a, You have to go to prison first. Yeah. Well, in response, prison officials banned D&D and confiscated no, all game-related materials. This is going back to like the early 90s with the PTL club. The, the, and you would be very game. popular in prison. I yeah. thought he would be. Never mind. No. Inmate uh, Ke- <laughs> I would not be allowed in a women's prison. <laughs> Inmate Kevin T. Singer, a D&D enthusiast, 
since childhood, argued that the ban on DD violated his First Amendment right to free speech and his 14th Amendment rights to due process and equal protection. Captain Bruce Moransky, the prison's resident, resident gang specialist, defended the ban. According to court documents, he explained that the policy was intended to promote prison security because cooperative games can mimic the organization of gangs and lead to the actual development thereof. Muraski elaborated that during D&D games, one player is denoted the Dungeon Master. Right. The Dungeon Master is tasked with giving directions to other players, which Muraski tes- testify mimics the organization of a gang. They don't really know what they're talking about. Though. No. That, that's, that's my own personal well, yeah. opinion. Here's okay. the thing. is, I'm, I'm reading this right up and how it's unfolding, and Muraski is obviously not understanding the dynamics the, the, of, of, of how the game games, structures. Right, because... The, and and we'll, we'll, there's more to this conversation afterwards, but let's go ahead and... Uh, Moraski's also asserted governmental interest in the D&D ban was inmate rehabilitation. He testified that D&D can, quote-unquote, foster an inmate's obsession with escaping from the real life, correctional environment, fostering hostility, violence, and escape behavior, end quote, which in turn, quote, can compromise not only the inmate's rehabilitation and effects of positive programming, but also endanger the public and jeopardize the safety and security of the institution. I'm trying to imagine what a D&D inspired gang fight would look like. Would the inmates have a chaotic evil or lawful good tattooed on their forearms? I think some of them did. Anyway. <laughs> would they swing dice bags at one another <laughs> or, or use plus three shivs of protection? Nice. Anyway, the court sided with the prison officials, but not without generating some controversy within the legal community. Ilya Summon, a pro- associate professor of law at George Mason University, posed the question, should prisons ban the Count of Monte Cristo? Cristo. Chris, not Crisco. Cristo, not Crisco. That's yeah. something totally different. The Count of Monte Crisco is a baking show. Yes. Anyway. Sorry. On the grounds that it might encourage escape attempts. Summon also, um, also said that the prison's action was reminiscent of a media frenzy in the 1980s surrounding the supposedly pernicious effects of gaming. Ideally, you should really have more evidence that there is a genuine harm before you restrict something. This is, so, I'm sorry, so it this, wound up getting banned. Yes, in, they, in, they upheld the ban in that in that in prison. That prison. Uh, although I was just a, a few months ago, I was watching. I can't remember where it was, but there was a, a video documentary. I think it was on one of the news shows where they were talking about gaming in the prisons as as part of uh, their social. So it's a social building and whatnot, and the inmates were building D and D campaigns and whatnot, and and being able to play these characters out, and they were learning troubleshooting. And problem solving skills, problem solving to skills work together socialization, and not using necessarily violence, and exactly, and being able to, or having it as an outlet, so that you could have a character playing a raging barbarian and, and killing and, all the bad and guys, know that it's and and put that fantasy. together. And so, because here's the thing: this is the here's here's my point to this. The ultimate evolution of D and D is back when it first came out, it was, you know, received by the the ultra conservatives and the churchgoers, and oh, Satan and this that, and it's terrible, the, sat- the satanic panic and all that stuff, and now. Today, during this holiday season, D&D is one of the top five best sellings in the family games section of Barnes & Noble. Family gaming area. That's the evolution of it over 50 years. Well, Nearly look, 50 years. Look at my house. It's a family game. Yeah. Your I son mean, plays? My son plays. My second son wants to play, but we told him he has to wait until he's 12. Right. Just so he can understand. As he gets older. Understand the rules. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. thing. I'm like... But he plays offshoots. He plays board games. He versions plays of board it. games. He plays a board game called Talesman. He plays a board game called Dungeon. He right. understands the fact that he is there's a process. That, that, that it, but he, one of the arguments in here that it, it, 
that it promote promoted trying to escape uh, mm-hmm. prison. Now, wouldn't Candyland do the same thing? You try to get to the ladder to get to the... Oh, yeah, seriously. The, well, to get the gumdrop want, mountain or and, whatever. And if you got stuck at one of those little gumdrop mm-hmm. things that you had to w- lose your turn for so whatever would it be ridiculous? Candyland. We're also banning Candyland. Or what yeah. about shoots and ladders? Yeah, you get to a certain part and then or, you, yeah. well, you're you know, climbing out using the, a ladder. There's two ways to handle this this issue of, of Dungeons and Dragons or, or just RPGs in general in the prison system. Okay, you can do what this court case did and ban it and 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 attack it as as you know not without understanding what it means and what it does. Or you can support it, like the article that I was just talking about a moment ago. As a matter of fact, one of the denouement pieces in that article was the fact that one of the one of the guards on a regular basis was joining the game and participating with the uh, with the inmates who were playing, and and then that it, it broke down several barriers because here's these gamers now they're not they're not inmates and guards they were gamers and they got to understand that the the guard was not always out to get them mm-hmm. they they had that bond with this guy he was able to work with them mm-hmm. he was able to to break down barriers with the inmates. So that if something did happen, they knew this guy was not going to just screw him over. He was just doing his job. There was so it broke down a social barrier. As it did, I, I, I've mentioned this as my favorite TV show before, Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. But one of the last episodes, James Franco's character, who's one of the the cool kids, the tough guys, mm-hmm. winds up becoming a big D and D player with the geeks. Nice, and it separated sort of the barrier between uh-huh. you know the two sort of social classes where James Franco's character wound up loving Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and I think- sort of a. a uh, accepted the geeks for who they were sort, sort of fun kids. Yeah, I think in regards to this particular court case, the the person that sent the letter didn't necessarily understand what D and D was all about, or just they, wanted to start some crap. Could be that too. You know? It was just like they, like <clears throat> my mom. She's like, are, are, she's like, are you guys gaming? Yes. Okay. She's like, what do you do? And trying to explain, I said, it, it's truly like pretend. It's like playing those, the cops and robbers, like when you were, mm-hmm. were a kid in, back in the 70s, in the early 80s or whatever. And I'm like, but you, you have guidelines, you have rules, you, it's, mm-hmm. it's structured. It teaches you um, reading is fundamental. It teaches you um, math skills. <laughs> to read the blah, blah, blahs, Evan. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw him under the bus. But, I mean... Yeah, it's not going, and, and the DM doesn't give you the, the um, where it said, is tasked with giving directions to the other players. No, the DM gives a scenario, and it's up to each person's um, own response to mm-hmm. the situation. I mean, mm-hmm. it's problem solving, and yeah, it can get a little violent at the gaming table. Yeah. As as my son has been hit with dice across the table. Your but son's so, been hit. <laughs> yeah. Like Gibbs slapped too. him the other couple weeks Did back. You? But I am like he anyone that sits at the other end of the gaming table knows that dice, dice are might, coming. And dice are coming. I mean, dice it's are not, coming. And it's not because it's in in regards to a D and D gang. It's mm-hmm. my frustration with my dice, and they're going to be thrown and chucked at the other thing because I don't need them anymore. Yeah, there you go. I'm like you banned your dice and put them in timeout for a little while. Didn't I have you? an entire swath of dice that are in another bag entirely that have been tucked away in a bookshelf because Be- I just don't want to deal with them anymore. They, but, they failed me on several occasions. But it's not necessarily organization of a gang. Yeah. 
I'm like, you're, well, not, you know, you're not it's, going out to like, oh, let's go, let's go and uh, rob a bank and go I, kill somebody. I now think because the classic thing is basically what you're doing is you're seeing a another adage of of looking at a situation without understanding that situation. You're just mm-hmm. looking at the cover of the book. You're not reading the book, and you're judging the book by its cover. You're taking it out of context. You're taking it out of context, and you're rolling with it because you know so much more. Now, you know, off the cuff, and I'm going to fire this anecdote out there as supporting evidence to what I was just saying, and then we'll jump into the third case. Um, many years ago, Pat Benatar, the singer, came out with that song, one of her big hits, Hell is for Children, which was, it was her protest against child abuse. Mm-hmm. If you read the lyrics, if you listen to what's being said, she is, she is showing great empathy and sympathy for children who are, have been abused by their parents, by abused by other family members. Well, what did the the oh-so-wonderful church community do. They heard hell is for children, and they went satanic panic on Pat Benatar, of all people. You know, they, oh, she's just wishing all children go to hell, and that's what she's saying. And she, You didn't bother looking at it. You read the top, and you went inwards in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. That's what this case is all about. Song lyrics. Song lyrics. Mess up a lot of people. Oh, they, they do. Yeah, confuse many. Yeah. So They're not understanding yeah, that song see, lyrics are, they, in essence, poetry. You know, written by a poet, and that poet can be really, really good or really, really Nicki Minaj crappy. But anyway, uh, you know, it's... Another thing that should be banned. Oh, God. (laughs) Seriously. Nicki Minaj banned from monkey business. There we go. Uh, Um, Sorry if any of our listeners like that, but we don't. Yeah, we don't. Um, But, you know, it's just, it's a matter of look more, think more, maybe talk less. Oh, my God, this is horrible. What? Be daddy's good girl and don't tell mommy a thing. Be a good little boy and you'll get a new toy. Tell grandma you fell from the Oh, you're swing. reading the lyrics of I'm the song. Because I don't think I've ever heard the song. Oh, yeah. Oh, you've heard it. I, but I you just, probably just never, you've never really, um, I, Billy, call up a, a, okay, a quick sample of I'm just like, and I, and I can see, I'm like, I can see where they say hell is for children. Their little lives are, are just such a mess. They're in hell. Yeah, they're, they're in, they're in hell at that point. Yeah. And, and so she's trying to put light on the fact that this is happening out there and this is a horrible situation. But people saw the title and they went in on her like freaking rabid dogs. It was amazing, amazing to me on that one. And that, that's like the one thing. It's like you want to make sure if you do hear a song title, whatever, you go and listen to the lyrics. Like Born in the USA. Isn't the rah-rah patriotic song oh, it's that not. many think it is? It's a basically a Vietnam protest song. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that so. makes Springsteen laugh whenever... Yeah. A politician uses it. This one. You know, I still don't think I've heard it. You need to listen to CMF more. Yeah, it's not something I've probably heard. Yeah. CMF I, and 96.5 and 95.1 will play this song from time to time. Yeah, and it's a great song. It is. I think it's a fantastic song. Well, Pat Benatar's awesome. Right. Yeah. All right. Does I mean, she she's just one of those. Battlefield? Yes. Okay. Yep. And... Yeah. Oh no! I'm thinking now, Joan Jett. I love rock and roll. Yeah. So I'm I'm swi- I'm switching my uh, yeah my the, my two wonderful artists. rockers with underbites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so yeah. You know. But, uh, you know, so that's that's how you can take things and go in the wrong direction with them. Anyway, let's jump into the third case. Let's jump into the third. This is this. Th- this is this the, is the one that really makes one me that, laugh. That a lot. has to do with Michael Koski. Yes. Mike and Greg. <laughs> and Mike and Greg. Mike and Greg. This is for you. Guys, zombies are protected by the First Amendment. 
This is Irwin versus Ten- Tennessee Valley Authority, U.S. District Court, E.D., Tennessee, 2013. So this is recent, okay? On July 20th, 2011, protesters gathered in Chattanooga, Tennessee, to oppose a plan by the Tennessee Valley Authority, the TVA, to revive construction of an uncompleted nuclear power plant. The protesters dressed up as the undead, describing the power plant as a quote-unquote zombie reactor that had previously been killed and then resurrected. Two months later, the TVA convened a quote-unquote listening session, inviting members of the public to express their views on the project. However, the TVA... Afraid that the zombie horde would reappear, announced that to, here we go, to help ensure the safety and security of all participants, members of the public dressed in costume will not be allowed to enter the listening session. Six protesters took the TVA to court, saying that the ban on wearing costumes was a violation of their First Amendment rights. They argued that none of their costumes obscured their identities or created a security risk. All of them were willing to provide identification and be searched for weapons before entering the TVA building. The court sided with the protesters. TVA asserts that the non-zombie costumes were nonsensical. For example, the costumes were not associated in any way with the Belafonte project or the earlier protest where members of the public were clad in zombie costumes. Okay, so accordingly, TVA contends that the costumes could not have conveyed any particularized message. However... Given the events that led up to the August board meeting, the likelihood was great that TVA board members and others associated with or in attendance at the board meeting would have understood and did not understand the message. So being a zombie is protected by the First Amendment. (laughs) Now, I guess that's only because that would only be... uh, Portraying yourself as a zombie, not actually being a zombie, I'm supposing. Yeah, you know, what about old Mr. Withers at the amusement park that uh, tried to, that would have gotten away with it? Darn like, kids and their meddling dog. Yeah. Well, what I want to know is, because I have a couple of friends of mine who have an uncle who who, who died on the table during a, a procedure, but then was brought back. He was resuscitated mm-hmm. and so <laughs> survived You know the, the overall surgical procedure. It was a very intense heart operation. And since that day... The uncle introduces himself as a zombie to everybody because he was dead and then resurrected. So he goes around every so often. He walks into the room slowly and he does that. You know, so now is his rights to be a zombie, are they protected now by the First Amendment? And to get more controversial, uh, would Jesus have been allowed in the courtroom? Oh, Oh. God. Because talk about the ultimate zombie right Mm -hmm. there. I mean, when you think about it. Yeah. Well, uh, I already sent the picture to Michael because uh-huh. he's at um, Jekyll Island Con. Oh, yeah, with Greg. With the, Greg. The, the shenanigators, shenanigators are together are again. So I already sent him the picture of the zombies are protected by uh, the First Amendment. And I said, we're podcasting geeky court cases. I said, this one's for you and Greg. He already sent me back. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I'm like, you're protected by the First Amendment. Protected by the First and Amendment, hopefully fellas. hopefully Daryl won't kill him again. Yeah, there you go. But he's now in... Um, the original uh, or the le- legacy, 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 mm-hmm. and um, I don't think I've seen him yet. I've no. seen him in the originals. Well, I've seen him in Legacy a couple of times, but it's usually like been in the background at really the moment. Really quick, yeah. So, so, but yes, he he likes playing those undead type characters. The un- the uh, up and coming character actor that he is. Ay, Maron. That's just, I just I love stuff like that. That's hilarious. It, it, it's really it the, just... the arguments that become of these things that go to court. It's like really, really. <laughs> hey, Billy. Yes, sir. Did you know you have the constitutional right to play video games without being accompanied by an adult? 
I do, and I, w- I was looking at this and thinking about my old days of wandering around Long Ridge Mall. Oh, God, yes. Even Marketplace Mall had one. It's now where the melting pot is. Yeah, Long Ridge before Marketplace, though. Long was, Ridge had the most awesome arcade ever. Time out. In, yes. In the mm. early eight, oh, let, let me go through. It was the City of Mesquite versus Aladdin's Castle, Inc., Supreme Court of the United States. It made it to the Supreme Court in 1982. 1982. I was 10. I was uh, junior in high school. Yeah. So, so you were like playing 16. video games. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I was 16. I would have fallen into this uh, court case. In the early 80s, moral panic swept across the U.S. in response to the growing popularity of video games and those dens of immorality known as video arcades. Dens of immorality. Cities and towns all over the country began passing laws to protect America's youth from this latest scourge. A typical case was Marshfield, Massachusetts, where the UPI reported residents worried their kids might become hopelessly addicted to Pac-Man and Space Invaders. I did. Uh, Galaga. Yeah. Uh, Tempest. uh, Hopelessly addicted. Have voted to ban video games and pinball machines and gave owners... Three months to get them out of town. This is like a video game version of Footloose. I was just thinking <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Bacon. I'm a former narcotics officer, and I've seen what these machines do to kids and the amount of money that is wasted on them, said Tom Jackson, author of the anti-video game regulation. So, just to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. give them money to play video games. They won't have any money to buy drugs. Yes. There you go. Actually, this dates back to a case I call the Music Man versus Pool Halls. Oh, wow. (laughs) There's a geeky reference for... Um, I'll take it. It went right over my head. Yeah. (laughs) Go see the Music Man, an excellent old movie. Is that the same music trombones place? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Residents of the community just north of Pilgrim Town of uh, Plymouth voted Tuesday night at the town meeting to prohibit the use, operation, and possession of the games and to find violators $200 for each offense, effective in three months. But the video game industry won an important uh, court case in 1980. A few years earlier, the small town of Mesquite, Texas, had passed an ordinance restricting minors from playing video games at the local arcade. Attorneys for the arcade, Aladdin's Castle, argued that the law violated the freedom of expression of both the players and operators of the games, and the city had denied people, and that the city had denied people under 17 their constitutional right to free association. The U.S. Court of Appeals Fifth Circuit agreed with Aladdin's Castle and issued a decision stating that the decision to bar all people under 17 years of age from all coin-operated amusement centers at all times is patently irrational. Thank you. <laughs> Plus, disapproval may justify <laughs> private action, such as the withholding of patronage, but mere disapproval is not enough constitutionality to justify bringing the full weight of the municipality's regulatory effort. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, before co- coin-operated amusement centers existed, children found places and opportunities for truancy, and they would find places such a, such centers to become extinct. Singling out coin-operated amusement centers from all other establishments is an act of discrimination, not policy. Mm -hmm. Two years later, the Supreme Court heard an appeal but bounced the case back to the Fifth Circuit Court. 
instructing it to clarify whether its decision was based on federal or state law. The court let stand its decision that the age restriction was unconstitutional. Now, I remember going into Marketplace Mall, and I think they had a timeout also. They did. did, Most of the good malls did. Um, But I remember the sign that says, kids under the age of 16 cannot be in here before noon on a school day. Right. Because it was trying to prevent truancy. Prevent truancy yeah. that right. that if you were under the age of sixteen, that you couldn't be in there mm-hmm. on a school day unless it was like a school break, like a holiday. Which, which makes it because kids are supposed to be in, be school. in school, right? Yeah. So I think that's one way that they kind of got around it mm-hmm. in regards to that. But I know that um, now it's um, uh, kids under the age of twelve must be accompanied by an adult. If you're in like Dave and Buster's and things like that, okay. they do have like an age, just not necessarily that they can't be in there. They just need to make sure that there's a parent somewhere in the building to. Mm-hmm. Just, I think there's some common sense rules right. that can be followed. Yeah. You know, you don't ban all video games from all people. That's where a place where people can go or kids 14, 15, 16 could go to sort of be with your friends and have some fun and not be trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of ironic that we're talking about this today because last night I finally, for the first time, got to watch the movie Ready Player One. Good movie. Jules and I sat I down. It. I got the Blu-ray at home now, and I, I watched it. I I was immensely entertained by that movie, and I'm looking for. I'm going to take take some time to read the book. I hear the book is is vastly much more. I think interesting. my co- our copy of the book is at work, but okay. when sometime when you swing by home, I need a cop. I need to I'll, borrow the movie. I, I okay, no problem. Because I have a Blu-ray. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I'm thinking about the overall vibe of that movie. I'm also thinking to myself that it's t- high. T- I mean, there's a Dave and Buster's at Marketplace, mm-hmm. but really, there's not a good old fashioned arcade in Rochester anymore. I don't think. No, because you got I Adventure don't... Time, but that's kind of. I'm sorry to say it, but it's kind of lame. I'm there for more yeah. for the miniature golf than anything else. And and the clubhouse has the video games and stuff in there. Yeah, but yeah. Um, a proper arcade. The Strong Museum of Play they, yeah, yeah. They has have, something close to being a proper arcade. And there's kids under the age of 17 running around there all the time. Well, it's because <laughs> usually they're there. we're there when they're there, and that's usually on the weekends. Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. But I think there needs to be a proper arcade again. That needs to be a well, thing. Well, and I mean, it, you see that even TV shows like Stranger Things have mm-hmm. brought back, like, that they were going to their There's arcade, a level of nostalgia involved and, in it. Um, Oh, what was I thinking? Um, Pixels, mm-hmm. the movie Pixels. Yeah, they playing Pac-Man mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd like to bring because this story did remind me of the Music Man and mm-hmm. the, them wanting to ban pool halls from kids. And okay, I, I found this Seth MacFarlane, a, a nerd favorite, singing the song from the Music Man from the BBC. So okay, I, I just want to hear. Believe that you're closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge. This well, is you are the not aware case. of the caliber of disaster indicated by the presence of a pool table in your community. Well, you got trouble, my friends. Right here, I say trouble right here in River City. Why, sure, I'm a pool player. Certainly mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say it. I consider that the hours I spend with a cue in my hand are golden. Help me cultivate horse sense and a cool head and a keen eye. Did you ever take a try to give an ironclad leave to yourself from a three-rail billiard shot? But just as I say, it takes judgment, brains, and maturity to score at a bark-line game. I say that any boob can take and shove a ball in a pocket. And I call that sloth. The first big step on the road to the depths of degradation. I say first, medicinal wine from a teaspoon. 
and beer from a bottle. And the next thing you know, your son is playing for money in a pinchback suit and listening to some big out of town tell about horse race gambling. Not a wholesome trotting race, no, but a race where they set down right on the horse. Like to see some stuck-up jockey boy setting on Dan Patch? Make your blood boil, what I should say. Now, friends, let me tell you what I mean. You got one, two, three, four, five, six pockets in a table. Pockets that mark the difference between a gentleman and a bum with a capital B, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. And all week long, your River City youth will be I'm sure away. I say that's outstanding. That's Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Frittering away their new time. The man Some behind Family Guy yeah. and Thousand Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. <laughs> And the Orville doing the song from the Music Man. That's outstanding. This guy's got some serious talent. Yeah. And I, I really love this song. That, the whole court case reminded me of the plot of the Music Man yeah. in the song. Yeah. Where they wound up, you know, joint making a kids orchestra with seventy six trombones and all. That's, that's amazing. Then that's a classic. I that's really love it. I, I really want to go home and watch that movie now. There you go. <laughs> who who was in the movie? I can't. Uh, I can see Shirley face. Jones. Uh, Robert Preston That's was... That's the name I was, was looking for. Robert Preston. Thank uh, you. Ron Howard was the little kid. Right. Uh, Shirley Jones and... Um, I forget who else, but Robert Preston was the lead. I think of Robert Preston for two things. One... Victor Victoria. No, no. No? Not even Victor... I, I mean, I knew he was in that. I, I, okay. did, I have seen that movie in my in my day. But I think of The, the Music Man. Okay. And then I think of his, his running, reoccurring cameo in The Last Starfighter. Oh, yeah. As the recruiter. I forgot about Old that. Old Alpha yes. Centauri. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I can't put names to actors in I'm regards to... I'm fairly good at it. I'm not I'm great. I'm like, who is that guy? But there's, there are times where I can come up with it. That's why we're going to play Five Degrees to no! people Tanya knows the names of. <laughs> no. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know I can't play that game. Yeah. Okay, last but not last least, but not least, Superman versus Captain Marvel. Now we got to be clarify. It's not Carol Danvers, Captain no. Marvel. I it, got. I just got a call uh, at the radio station two days ago. Yeah. Uh, someone calling me to ask me what I thought of Captain Marvel being played by a woman, and I said, "Well, Captain Marvel is a woman." woman. Uh, and then, then it occurred to me they meant Billy Batson. Yes. The original yeah. shows, and then I had to explain Marvel and DC, and, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Fawcett and blah blah blah. Right, but so right, I right. said this isn't the Billy Batson who, you know, in the seventies on TV, traveled the country with mentor in a van or any of that. Shazam! Either. Yeah, exactly. That's coming out. Yes, National that Comic Publications good. versus Fawcett Publications, U.S. Court of Appeals, Second Circuit, nineteen fifty-one. Tanya, take it away. Fawcett Publications, which was founded in 1940, had an immediate hit on their hands with Captain Marvel, the character created by writer Bill Parker and artist C.C. Beck. In fact, Captain Marvel soon began outselling his spandex-clad predecessor, Superman. National Comics, then the The publisher publisher of Superman, (laughs) I can tell you, it's just the wording is funky. Sued Fawcett for copyright infringement. Initially, Fawcett ceased publication of Captain Marvel. But because the title was so important to the company, it eventually decided to take its chances in court. The case dragged down for years, and at first, the U.S. Court of Appeals Second Circuit issued a decision that represented both bad news and good news for Captain Marvel. The bad news was that the court concluded that Captain Marvel had been clearly plagiarized from Superman. Both Captain Marvel and Superman have the same athletic physique. Both have substantially the same clean-cut faces. Both wear conventional regalia of the gymnast or circus acrobat, skin-tight uniforms, boots, and a cape, which is used in flying. 
The only real difference um, is in the color of their costumes, Superman's being blue and Captain Marvel's red. The incredible feats performed by both, such as leaping great distances, flying through the air, exhibitions of marvelous strength and speed, and imperviousness imperviousness to bullets, shells, explosions, knives, and poisons are identical, and the settings in which these feats are performed are often closely similar. Substantially, all of the feats performed by Superman are later duplicated by Captain Marvel. Identical phrases, expressions, and dialogues are frequently found in the panels. But the good news for Captain Marvel was that the court ruled that the National Comics had never fully copyrighted all of its Superman strips. That victory, however, was fleeting. A year later, in 1951, National Comics appealed the case, and this time the court ruled entirely in the Man of Steel's favor. By this time, Captain Marvel wasn't the moneymaker that he had once been. The popularity of all superhero brands had begun fading with the emergence of horror comics. So Fawcett didn't challenge the decision. It paid National Comics 400000 and killed the Captain Marvel line. In 1972, DC Comics licensed, all the, licensed the rights to all Fawcett's superheroes and resurrected Captain Marvel with the 1973 publication of its Shazam comic book. The cover featured a grinning Superman introducing readers to his former legal nemesis. <laughs> so yeah. that's so that's how they instead of fighting each other, they became part of the same team. In essence. Yeah, eventually DC decided to uh, put out the Shazam comic book, and at mm-hmm. that time, still was called Captain Marvel, the the character. Uh-huh. And there was Captain Marvel Jr. and his sister Mary Marvel, and there was a whole well, Marvel. Family. Well, I remember I had a couple of them when I was a little kid, and I remember the the Captain Marvel TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, where the, Shazam. Exactly. Yeah. And the the funny thing is, now because of the Marvel character, mm-hmm. DC doesn't call Captain Marvel Captain Marvel anymore. They call him right, even just though outright he's he, Shazam. He he beat the the Marvel version by decades. Yes. Mm-hmm. But now they don't want the confusion, so their version is called Shazam. And just this past week. They started a new uh, Shazam comic book. Did they? they? I picked up the issue. I haven't had a chance to read it yet because mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of that character. And I'm looking forward to it, but it really kind of bums me out that they can't call him Captain. I don't know if they can't or just don't. I don't know if they're trying to avoid confusion. I think they're trying to avoid I think they don't. I don't think it's a can't issue. I think because here's the thing is. Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel in the Marvel line, or and that's Marvel Kamala comic Khan books or whoever. But yeah. Marvel has their Captain. Well, Marvel she Kamala right. Khan is Miss Marvel. Oh, or Ms. that's Marvel. right. I, I'm sorry. You yes. know, uh, so you have you have Marvel Comics has its Marvel characters, and I think the whole Captain Marvel that Fawcett had and then DC uh-huh. was before Marvel Comics existed. Mm-hmm. Yes, at the time it was not even was timely ti- comics. It was yet. timely comics. Was it timely comic in the forties? Yes, because. Uh, um, Human Torch and Submariner right. and other Thank characters you. existed. Good call. But uh, so I think they want to avoid the Marvel word mm-hmm. entirely now, even though they didn't in the early to mid 70s. They I, probably could. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that you have Zachary Levi says, Hey, I'm Captain Marvel, and da da da. And you know, Marvel could say, Oh, wait, foul, but then there'd yeah. be this big schmaz. And I, I, you know, I think they would actually have a chance on it because of how old the character is in publication. I think they just they don't want to give. More publicity to Marvel, like they need it. Or yeah, I know. Seriously, the MCU but, it's yeah. slagging so hard yeah. lately. Uh, Endgame, anyway. Um, but I was always a fan of Captain Marvel, although it's obvious that he it was, was a, ob- he was, was obviously inspired by Superman. But the, the difference is, you know, and in in, you have the whole G. Golly Whitaker's kind of yeah. thing where you have, but Superman has become very 
kind of out of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clark Kent still has his moments where he's like, you know, I'm a farm boy from Kansas. Right. But you see a maturity. You see a more relatable kind of a character. Whereas Billy Batson was a, a kid. 12, 13-year-old boy who exactly. was an orphan. And there was a whole magical aspect to his origin, mm-hmm. whereas Superman's was, you know, he was from space. It was yeah. it was the the um, Moses. Not Mo- um, is that what I'm? I don't know. Uh the trip down the river. Yeah. Yeah, Moses, the trip yeah, down the river. Yeah, so Superman you know. came from Krypton. Kal-El right. came from Krypton and was sort of a, a science fiction religious allegory. Exactly. His trip oh, I see Earth. what you're saying, yeah. So, it, it, different origins, but similar powers, sort of a similar look with the black hair and, right. and physique and cape and all that. The stuff Justice stuff. League animated series actually touches on it a little bit. They bring him in. They bring Shazam in. And... Um, and, and Superman's always kind of bristling around him because he thinks he's just this this kid doesn't know what he's doing and kind of a thing. But it was it was interesting to see that dynamic. On, I, like on, I on, said, on TV. I, I always liked Captain Marvel, the uh-huh. Fawcett slash DC version. Oh, uh, I remember. It was, so. I always had fun with it when I was a kid reading that stuff. But yeah, I, I, DC I, they won the court case easily. I think and that was that. And, yep, that was that. So there you have it. Five examples of of reality touching across. Uh, nerddom and uh, and I'm trying to go back and find the the U.S. Customs things. I'm starting to research that. You're gonna do now. some research on that. Yeah, I am. So we're gonna have to hear what you come up with. Yeah, not much. Anyway, we're gonna take a quick break. That was fun. Yes, we're was gonna fun. take a quick break. Great job, Sherry, and putting that one together. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about a couple of quick events, and we'll start wrapping this particular podcast up. For and the day. I, I want to leave with a uh, as long as we spend so much time joking about court cases, let's go with John Mulaney. Talking about court. That jokes don't do well in court. So, some friends of mine were sued in college for property damage, and they were guilty. And the lawsuit dragged on for years and years. And eventually, I got a call when I was 28 years old. And it was my friend from college. He said, hey, that lawsuit with my neighbor is still dragging on. And my neighbor just subpoenaed all my emails from college that mentioned him or the lawsuit. And I said, well, that's crazy, but why are you calling me? And he said, because you should be concerned. (laughs) Said, I have an email here from junior year where I wrote, hey guys, I'm gonna miss practice tonight because I have to meet with my neighbor about that lawsuit thing. And you replied, hey, do you want me to kill that guy for you? (laughs) Because it sounds like he sucks and I will totally kill that guy for you. Okay, see you at improv practice. (laughs) Of all the sentences in that email I would be ashamed to have read out loud in a court of law, I think the top one is see you at (laughs) improv improv practice. (laughs) Strange, the passage of time. (laughs) That's hilarious. I just want to dance to this. I love this song. Yeah. I know. I'm getting to, getting to the point. Hey, wow. Take us into events, Tom. Okay. Well, that was an interesting uh, geeky debate type thing. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Sherry. Okay. We have um, an event coming up. It'll be a perfect Christmas present for your loved ones. The Wine and Design Fundraiser for Mighty Monkey. Tickets are $35. Please register and complete your payment. It is... Um, on our Facebook page, uh, 
BYO wine or beer or snacks or purchase it from us, we will provide the wine glasses and the corkscrews. Ages 16 and under must be accompanied by an adult for the adult classes. Coupons and other discounts. Man, I have to. I'm tired this today. (laughs) Coupons and other discounts are not valid for our the fundraisers. Tickets are already on sale, so don't wait and miss out. Makes a great Christmas present. It is January 26, 2019, at two o'clock, at the Salvatore's Old Fashioned Pizzeria place on Buffalo Road in Rochester. And uh, even our friend Sean had asked the other day. He goes, "Okay, so who's going?" Because he bought his ticket, and I'm like. You, you're coming out to paint with us? Wow. Yep. That's kind of so cool, isn't it? Is, it? That is kind of cool. So we've got a good... I guess I'm going too now. Yes, you are going. There's uh, like 12 or 13 tickets have already been sold out of the 35. So, nice. So if we hit 35, they will put out a second... A second class. A second class in regards to um, a travel through space and time. Very nice. So that's the... the well, I'm looking forward to it. This should be fun. ...thing that we're doing. So, yeah. Everybody knows my art skills are... But you know what? Virtually I've, non-existent. I've done um, another like wine and design type class, and they truly go through step by step, uh-huh. and I'll say do this and do this and do this, and so it's all your own. And they give you a chance to use a hairdryer to dry it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it goes over I think the two hours. So okay. you have a product to be able to take home. So for I'm gonna, people, oh, I have a place in my house. Where I'm gonna hang that bastard already. Yeah, I'm I, looking I forward have to one it. from. Um, uh, it was a bachelorette from, party you went to, yes. right? Um, it was the it was very cool. It looks good. Wall in um, Fort in St. Augustine that we mm-hmm. were painting because that was where the wedding was going to be. And right now it's like leaning on my desk because I don't necessarily have a good place for it. But, yeah. But I'm going to have to kind of paint the wall behind my desk in order to start putting my TARDIS stuff up there because this is the police box. <laughs> but I can't call it the TARDIS. It's a police box. So fine. It's called copyright infringement, licensing, yeah, it's intellectual property, all that kind of stuff. I get it. I get it. Cease and desist at this yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? We're, we're talking about geeky court cases. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody's tried to sue so FC3 on several occasions. There's a geeky SC3 court case. Monkey business and the Money Monkey Corporation. Well, C will have a few ways to tell you how to do that. Well, Tanya, let me tell you how it works. The <laughs> first way is to become a sponsor. <laughs> that how long can you do the Bob Barker Price is Right oh, voice? Oh, God. We have sponsorship levels of all kinds and are even willing to create custom sponsorship packets. Please contact us at sponsorships at fc3roc.org. Next is by supporting us on Patreon. Please check us out at www.patreon.com slash fc3rock. All membership levels will include access to Patreon-only blogs, plus tons of great perks at all levels. Special shout-outs to our Sino Evil, ooh, tier Patreons, <laughs> James Irish, Jen Bevan, and our own Tanya Metris. Oh, I've got one. I gotta got, got do this one. In a world where you help others find the show, please leave us a review wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Podbean, YouTube, and Stitcher. Is there a place you find your podcast and can't find FC3 Monkey Business? Let us know. <laughs> Come on, Tanya. We lost Tanya. Come on, Tanya. Let's, Tanya, let's, Tanya, let's Tanya, hear your Tanya, Tanya. Let's hear your radio voice, Tanya. <laughs> you hear my radio voice every two weeks. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Hi everybody. It's Tanya Matros with the next message. And please follow us on Twitter at <laughs> FC3MB Podcast. And if you do, please say hi. We love it when you say hi.
In I, a world where you say hi on Twitter. I am so going to smack you. <laughs> you should have went all NPR. And, and Oh, did. seriously. Yeah, you could have talked about sweaty balls. It would have been awesome. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? Huh? What are you reading, listening to, playing, or watching that's making your geeky little heart happy right now, Christopher? Oh. Besides doing radio voices? <laughs> radio voices are really... I'm having fun with this. Oh, my God. I'll um, smack you both. I, I really have not been doing... I've been working on the house a lot lately. Uh, yeah, you've some, been putting your been putting my some of my autographed pictures up. So if you follow the the Monday Night Broadcast, Nerd World News, Nerd World News, you'll be you'll see a little bit more in the background coming up soon. Um, I have to get some eleven by seventeen frames to get a couple pieces by Steve Geiger and Rob Dumo up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Dumo's wife had her baby. I know she's, she's adorable. So adorable. Babies are adorable. Oh, They're a beautiful thing. Congratulations to so, that little bundle. Congratulations of joy. to the Dumos. Merry Christmas to them. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a early Christmas present oh, there. She's adorable. Um, I have been watching some good movies lately. Uh, I did see Ant Man and the Wasp again. Billy hasn't seen it. Spoilers. Oh, it's I, awesome. I want to see it. Oh, it was. It's a lot of fun. I'm gonna go back and watch the first Ant Man. That's what I did. I have I w- started my collection of getting the MCU on Blu-ray. Oh, nice. And I have three of them now. Okay. I have uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Ant-Man and Wasp, and Doctor Strange on Blu-ray. Cool. So I'm going to start. Get, I want to have the whole my my whole shelf with just the blue. And I mean, you know, people get Netflix. No, get Disney. No, I'm going to get the Blu-rays because I want it on my own Steam. I, I like having the actual physical media. Yes, I do too. Yeah, because like we watch videos at school at lunchtime. It mm-hmm. takes us like four days to watch a movie. Four or five days. Mm-hmm. And like some of my students are like, oh, we want to watch blah 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 blah. Well, it's. One of them was Meet the Robinsons. I didn't have that on DVD, so mm-hmm. I rented it through YouTube. You have to finish it within 72 hours. As of Thursday, it was at my 72 hours. We weren't done, so we therefore we couldn't watch the last 20 minutes of the movie. Oh, jeez. So this and, is where you you have a, a, uh, a and I didn't want to buy a, it for 9.99 on there. A class assignment. Everybody make up the end. Let's see what <laughs> everybody. Oh, maybe so. Oh, oh, there's something else making my geeky little heart happy. I'm going to be DMing. Uh, a new D and D campaign coming up Friday, soon. Right? This starting this Friday evening, and I'm going old, old school. If you're, if listeners out there, if you are an old school gamer or know anything about the history of D and D, the Caves of Chaos and the Keep on the Borderlands, the Keep on the Borderlands, and, and that's into where the I unknown. started my fifth edition yep. group. I started, started in the book that you have. There. Yep, the very book. And, and you said, "Are we out of that book?" Yes. And I, and I said, "Yes, we are." He goes, "Good, because I'm buying it." Yep. <laughs> so I got it off of uh, Amazon, and uh, so it was on my Amazon wish list for all of a half an hour because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not waiting for anybody to get this for me. I'm doing it my damn self, uh, and I've just been paging through it and the history and the essays. And it's, and this, the, it's a huge book. It, it's like a sixty dollar book. Yeah, I got um, it for forty. Ha <laughs> anyway. I got mine for twenty five. Well, nice. I got mine for free. Randy got it for twenty five. It was damaged at Millennium. Nice. Um, it had a night, or it was somewhere. It had a dent in the corner. Right. Anyway, <laughs> so it's it's been a great and you know what for a person who's been playing D anD D on and off for the past thirty years, it's just it's it's fun to have that that throwback to the original the old days to starting off point. So I'm going to be starting off a new I have a new player at the table, somebody who's never played before and has been wanting to, one of Juliana's school friends, mm-hmm. and then Jules and Ian will be at the table. Billy, you want to join? Sure. Uh, oh, Fr- what the, your your D anD D group? Yeah, Friday night. Let me see. Let me start. Well, this Friday night I'm going out. Okay. I, I already have plans. I'm going to see some music. It's going to be every it's other Friday night on occasion. I, I, I may like to. It sounds like fun. Absolutely. We have Ega the Bard. To, we had to get him back. Yes. Ega the, the Amazing. I'll have to uh, completely learn from the very beginning. So. Oh, this is a great way to do it. This is okay. an absolutely a great way to do I, it. I, will, I would love to. That'd be awesome. Awesome. 
Um, but while well, while we have you on the spot, what are, what's uh, what right now are you reading, listening to, playing, or watching that is making your geeky little? I'm going to completely there? contradict something I just said about liking to have physical media because the at my newest acquisition that's making me very happy is a digital acquisition. A, a friend of mine uh, messaged me a couple days ago saying that Amazon has. Do you know what the Marvel Masterworks are? The hardcover books yes. that collect old stories? Yeah. They have, for the Kindle edition, all of the Fantastic Fours up through volume 20 are for are free. Oh, wow. And then the, the price is set at zero. And then after that, there's a bunch of Fantastic Four Visionaries, uh, which is another paperback set, uh, also set it free. So if you collect 1 through 20 of the Marvel Masterworks mm-hmm. and uh, volumes 1 through 6 of the John Byrne Visionaries, You'll have every issue of Fantastic Four from 1961 through uh, 1996. Jeez. Or actually, his visionaries one through like 10 or something. And how do you access? Do you access it on your computer? Um, I can, I, well, I go to the, the computer and buy the stuff I want, uh-huh. like I would for Kindle, and then it automatically shows up in my Kindle library. Okay. And I have my Kindle in there. So I you go, you have to do it one at a time, though. So, okay, go to volume one, click purchase. Got it. Volume, go back. Volume two, blah, blah, blah. Do this so I wound times. up with like 20, uh, 20 uh, volumes of Marvel Masterworks, Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. all for zero, and got through the first six of like 10 volumes of the Kirby Visionaries before Amazon realized they had made a mistake <gasps> and caught it. Which is why I did it immediately because I had both uh, my friend and I thought this might be a mistake. Mm-hmm. So if I go now today, oh, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like fourteen, 14 bucks yeah. for volume. Because you would probably volume. want Amazing Spider-Man, right? Well, um, this was just the Fantastic Four. Yeah, um, the Kindle Amazing Spider-Man Volume One for the Marvel Masterworks is sixteen ninety nine for the Kindle. Uh-huh. Hardcover is fifty two eighteen. So, or new, a hundred bucks. wah. That's but, used. That might be out of print. I'm not sure. But right That's now, crazy. so I have uh, like 26 volumes of Fantastic Four on my Kindle said, that I got for free. Mm-hmm. That's before, amazing. Before, because I went for the volume seven, and a page came. Up, Sorry, this purchase cannot be made. Uh, There's a so at some point, while I was, I, I got, got wise. Through, I got through 26 volumes before they <laughs> caught it. They're like, oh. And I don't know how many people caught it. Like, so my friend got all of them. Nice. Um, and They're I, like, something's happening. Yeah. So I something triggered. Enough people went went to it that eventually it triggered something on Amazon. But I got lots and lots of Fantastic Four to read <laughs> on my Kindle right now. That's phenomenal. Every that is, issue that for, is phenomenal. I got through every issue from like to ni- 1961 to 1985. On my Kindle, a Fantastic <laughs> Four at the moment. So that's what made me happy. Good stuff. That is good stuff. How about you, Ton? Um, well, I've been doing a lot of different things. Um, I didn't necessarily think that everything's making my geeky little heart happy. Um, I've been helping Tyler finish up his semester. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, I think, a week and a half left. Um. So in between doing that, I've been I'm actually caught up on Doctor Who. Nice. So up until ten, the Sunday night's episode that of the, the week that we're recording this, um, I'm caught up on DC Legends of Tomorrow. I think no, I'm one behind. Um, 
but you know, I really need to get back into um, Arrow and Flash, Flash um, because this is the week that they have their crossover right. event called Elseworld, where Oliver Queen becomes Barry Allen and Barry Allen becomes Oliver Queen because they're in alternate realities. Oh, right, right. right. So I Stephen Amell is actually Barry Allen, and so um, Iris West kisses him, and he's like, because he knows who he is, I think. Uh-huh. But she's like, you're Barry. He goes, who am I? He, she goes, you're Barry Allen. He's like, oh. This sounds like a Quantum Leap episode. It and, does. And, it really and, does, and so, doesn't it? And it's called Elseworlds because they're in yeah, the There's a whole series realities. of Elseworld books, too, so, different things. I think that, that one's going to be, I might DVR that one this week because that seems to be the ones that you probably don't need to know the rest of the series because it might stand alone. Mm-hmm. So, but it starts the Sunday night. Okay. So, and I'm going to be DMing. Yes, you are. Yes. Yeah, so. Don't kill I, me. Uh, <laughs> Please, I'll beg. Maybe. Manly, in a manly fashion, I'll beg. Yes. No. So I'm like, no, I'm getting ready for Christmas, and my Christmas shopping's not done. That's a thing, and isn't so it? That's coming up. It is coming up, and um, we found these Fortnite figures that Riker wants. Oh yeah. So that that's his geeky little heart. It's making his geeky little heart happy. That, and he's getting some uh, Avengers Legos with. Nice. Thor and Rocket and Groot. So, yeah. Nice. But other than that, not much. All right. Oh, and, and shall we say that the uh, Avengers Endgame trailer made us all happy? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, that's going to be in the next. That, we're going to talk about that in, yeah, in but, a little while. I'm but, just going to say the trailer oh came out and it made me happy. Holy and, and my Moses. students were so upset that it got delayed, but I understand why Marvel delayed it. The most watched trailer in history. I watched now. it like three times, and like some of my students are talking behind me, like, shh. I'm trying to listen. I think it, it it was a quarter of a billion views in 24 hours. It's like it doesn't give anything away, but you're like, yes. Yeah. No, that's and I think that's what's great is so many trailers over history have have given basically away given away movie. the movie before you even gotten a chance to see it. You know, we're back in the day. You know, when movies were first out, you you had almost no clue what was going on. The trailer was just to kind of give you that that hint that it's happening, mm-hmm. and here's the people in it. Come see it. You know, Endgame really kind of gave you a nice. Taste oh. without giving anything away. It, it hit home emotionally because you can see Thor sitting there, yeah, and Captain America sitting there, and you see a tear streaming down his face. And yeah, then, well, Tony's speech to Pepper. Oh yeah, through through the, he's recording his final messages mm-hmm. he, as far as he knows, you know, and and he said part of the journey is the end. Right. And it's like oh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I and it's Hawkeye coming, showing up in his Ronin. As Ronin yes, as Ronin. Yeah. And it's coming out a week early. The movie. The movie's no longer May, it's April. Oh, it can't come out soon enough. It's like April 26th, they pushed it back. Ooh. Yeah. So, my birthday is Captain Marvel. Yes. Is actually coming out on my birthday, so I might be taking the day off. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to- I will too. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be seeing that on my birthday, but- I, I might go to a midnight showing, because that's my girl. I mean, oh. it's it's her and, her and you know, Carol Danvers and Peter Parker are, are my two favorite comic book characters. So, and there's Tanya busting up the Way place. Way to go, Tanya. Yeah, she's she's breaking stuff now. There you go. All right. Well, that's enough. We'll talk about, we'll talk more next week. And this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, Monkey Business Podcast, the Monday Night Nerd World News, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. You know what I'm going to say. Follow us everywhere we go, and we'll lead you to where the entertainment is. We love you guys. You guys got to hang out with us more often, and we miss you. We'll see you next week. 